0: Good to be with you, family it's great to see you amen real privilege to bring God's word to you today this morning is one of which I do with reverence and humility um, so before I continue let's pray Lord I thank you for this morning how pleasant and good is it when we are in unity and when we can come into your house and give you your praise that you rightly deserve and we are grateful that we can go through your words of, of scripture and I just pray that all of our hearts, mine included, will just be open just to hear and our ears be open to to hear and receive all that you have for us this morning. Speak to us, Lord. Slow our minds down. Slow our hearts down from the busyness of life and help us just to align to your heartbeat right now, align to what you want to say right now and just have your perfect way. May every word that I say be of you, and anything that's not made, fall away. In your name, Jesus, we give thanks and praise. Amen. Cool. Thanks, Jeff. He set a timer for me so that I'm aware of time. We'll see if that works or not. <laughs> if not, Sanjay will come up and say, hey, wrap it up, son. So, well, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm really excited this morning, or this week. Why? It's spring, I know it's raining this one, but it is spring, and I don't know about you, I am so glad that the winter is behind us, warmer temperatures are starting to arrive, we're in that funny period where we don't know whether we're going to wear our uh, spring or summer wear or not, you know, it's kind of, we go out in a jacket, we walk down the hill, and then two seconds later we're thinking, what on earth was I doing, we're in that kind of funny period which is annoying in one sense, but it's exciting in another sense because it means spring is on the way. And uh, this week I was with my family uh, for Mother's Day after the church service here. I drove up to, to Wellenborough and was watching the news. And again, I was excited because we watched the TV and uh, on the news it, it announced that uh, spring equinox has happened. So it means now following that period that the, the days are going to get longer, the nights are going to be shorter. Apparently now the sun will rise before uh, 6 a.m. and not set before 6 p.m. Summary, let me say that again. The sun will rise before 6 a.m. and will not set before 6 p.m. until uh, the, ne- the autumn equinox in October. So yes, longer days, warmer temperatures, and I'm really, really excited for I think that's probably the first thing I gave God thanks for as I watched this one. Well, thank you, Lord. No more darkness at uh, silly o'clock here. As you can tell, I love the sun. Cool. But we give thanks, so we make for a winter. It's been a bit of a tumultuous winter, lots of things happening. But it's like we're entering into a new season, as I've already mentioned. I know another reason there's sign for me that the seasons are changing is because my neighbours are out. There's a lot of rustling in the gardens, in the sheds. I'm hearing jigsaws going, I'm hearing decks, garden decking being replaced. I'm, uh, I'm hearing the petrol lawnmowers out. I'm hearing them talking, having discussion of myself, looking at the fence, looking at the flowers, and assessing what they're gonna do. And that's usually my cue that, hey, Silas, it's time for you to get in gear and cut your own grass too. Um, So yeah, spring is here. But as you can see, I've brought this flower pot with me. It's not mine. I like to say it was mine, but it's not. It's Brian and Jenny's, so I best be honorable and right and give credit where credit's due, because the Lord is watching me. (laughs) But this plant, and it stood out to me because of its beauty. Look, I love the colors. You've got the daffodils, and then you've got the purple. You've got the yellow. It's just a great assortment of colors, and it just... It's like, wow, you can't go to the cottage without, I think, without seeing it. It just jumped out at me. But it got me thinking that more often than not, we as people can often center our appreciation solely on the beauty of things we see, but not necessarily the beauty and the process of things we don't see. Now, I'm not saying appreciate, appreciating the beauty and process of the things we see is a bad thing. Please don't mistake me. However, I would humbly suggest that it is good to have a balanced appreciation of both the beauty and the process of the things we see, And the beauty and the process of the things we do not see. Let me explain further. Again, not this week, a month ago in February, again, I was driving back to my hometown. It was a a cousin messaged me out the blue. I haven't spoken to her for ages. She just had a catch-up with me and told me, oh, I've had a baby now one year. I was like, what, Mel, since when? Um, And it was amazing to go and celebrate uh, with the family. And as I was driving through my hometown of Wellingborough, a factory town, I was driving through the embankment, my mother and I, and uh, we saw loads of people out. Loads of people with placards. Save our trees. I thought, what's going on here? I see TV crews, news crews out, lots of protests, a lot of commotion. I see the police there. I'm thinking, what on earth are I driven back to? And um, on it, they were saying, they were chanting, save our trees. Save our trees, save our trees. So I don't know, I feel like power to the people. I picked my horn as I went past. I went, pip, 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 pip. Um, And then I carried on. But basically, as I did some research on what was going on, ancient lime trees that have been in that area uh, for 100 years uh, were planned by the council to be cut down. Planned to cut down to make way for a housing development, make way for uh, a new dual carriageway. Um... And the people in uproar, because, again, these trees have been around for, for such a long time, 100 years, and it's a famous, well, in the town, it's famous as a, one of the key Wellenborough walks, one of the, if you want to to Wellenborough, you do the Embankment Walk, especially if it's sunshine, you'll see a lot of people there. And if it's hot, then the water park will be out, and we're all excited, like, woo, yeah. So, quite rightly, once this, they were hearing that, you know, all this is gonna be kind of changed, and there was a big, big, big uproar, hence the protesting. And I was hearing the locals on the news articles and on, on the TV and in the newspaper that they were saying that uh, one of the reasons that this nature walk has been vital to their health, particularly through the pandemic, through lockdown. Uh, it's been vital for their well being. And it's part of the town's history. What are you doing getting rid of it? And again, People, it got me thinking that they were looking at the beauty, and rightly so, the beauty of this walk, the nature of the trees. But it got me thinking, reminiscing on those trees, how great are those roots to have lasted hundreds of years? Through all the changes in society, those trees have stood, have been fervent. So people are saying, yeah, save our trees, save the beauty. And I'm thinking, like, how, about, how beautiful are those roots? Obviously, I was saying that by myself, so people couldn't look at me and think, how odd are you? So basically, the title of my my, my message today is something I'm simply entitling, How Are Your Roots? How are your roots? I love sport, and I love um, uh, American sport. So I gave you the British way of when I felt the Lord gave me the title of How Are Your Roots. But if I say it how I really wanted to say it, then one of the sports I love is uh, American football. And one particular team, the current Super Bowl champions, uh, the, the Chiefs, um, they have a coach, Andy Reid. And uh, any time they win a game and you see what goes on in the locker room after, noon, they always celebrate and they go, they say, how about those cheese? I know So, when I was thinking of my title, I was going to say to you, how about those roots? Thanks, you got a few whoops. so after the lord given me this i was thinking i need to research roots what do they do how do they operate now i'm very careful because i know we've got some very serious gardeners around so i'm like boy, i best come correct and say the right things and uh and we've got, got john i know who works with trees for a living so john maybe you can help me out if i go astray just tell me where I, where is he i can't i can't find I oh, there he is He can just point out some anything that i've missed out uh maybe uh, calling on your wisdom john So I did some research um, on roots. Roots for plants, roots for trees, and this is just some of the four things I found. One, anchorage. Roots anchor the plant and provide structural support, particularly in extreme weather conditions. That's the first thing. Two, absorption. Two, absorption. Roots gather water and nutrients to store the energies uh, energies from, from what the, the nutrients and have get them ready to transport to the plant and the tree as and when it's required. Both present time, but also they store uh, nutrients ready for future needs of the plant or the tree as well. Three, transportation. Roots transport energies um, from the nutrients around the plant to support its general ecological uh, production. They also, which I thought found interesting, transport genetic uh, information from parents to offspring. And four, roots support uh, the soil environment. They can help prevent soil erosion, remove excess water from the soil, and stimulate and support microorganisms in the soil in such a way that benefits plant life. Roots tend to grow mostly as we would expect in the spring or summer season and they grow the least in the wintertime. That's not to say they don't grow at all, but it just tends to be the least. In pretty much every source I researched about the roots of tree and plant organisms, they said that one of the general primary indicators of tree and or plant health is directly linked to the health and the strength of the roots. In fact, one article said, that the tree roots, uh, sorry, the roots of, uh, of the tree, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. That the roots of the tree and the speed in which they grow is directly uh, relative to how well they are taken care of or they can have access to nutrients. If you're watering them regularly, they'll grow faster. If they are set in a place where they'll get great exposure to the sun, they'll grow faster. Certain tree fertilisers can help them grow faster and bigger, too. And then the final thing that I found which caught my eye is that stress. Plants and trees undergo stress. It's a part of life. When a plant or tree is stressed due to extreme temperatures, unusual amounts of drought or water, animal predation uh, or disease, it will show in the plant's leaves. Limp or yellow leaves can indicate that a plant has been exposed to stressful conditions. But just like us as people and pets, plants can recover from stress to lead to long and productive lives. How to know if your plant will recover? You know the answer. Look at those roots. Healthy roots make a healthy plant. And healthy plants recover from stress. So even, actually before I carry on, John, how did I do? Was that... All right. Okay, thanks. Anything else I need to add in? Any, any points? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks, man. So even we see from this bit alone, the beauty and the process of things we do not see has a critical impact on the health, the beauty, and the process on the things we do see. So it got me thinking, okay, Lord, what does this mean spiritually in our, in our daily walks not just as, as followers, but as Sanjay preached on a while ago, as disciples of the Lord, what does this mean? What can we learn from tree and plant roots? And I felt like the Lord gave me this strategically for now because we've hit March. I mean, can you believe it? April's here next week, a quarter away through the year already. Got me thinking of checkpoints and got me think of an old game they used to play, Sonic the Hedgehog. And he used to, yeah, yeah, for a few nods, like, yeah, I love that game. Yeah, one of the best games. But played for hours, absolutely hours. None of this auto-save business. If you died and you didn't get to the checkpoint, you had to go all the way back to level one. And, yeah, I was one of those that would cry. But um, I feel like, just like the game when you hit a checkpoint, this is a checkpoint for us. And as we'll go and talk about what we can learn about roots for our spiritual walks, I think this is for us as a checkpoint just to stop, consider, evaluate where are we at in our spiritual walks with the Lord. Let's take a spiritual inventory of where we're at. Just like some of you, I'm sure, going around in your gardens now with uh, the lawnmowers or, or uh, with your shears and assessing your plant roots and what you want to do with your gardens this year. You, you, you take an assessment before you do something, Right? And I think it's the same with us spiritually that it's great to build in these natural pauses just to consider where are we? What are we doing? How are things going right now? And it's not just our gardens, is it? It's in our homes too. Who's planned a spring clean or has already undergone a spring clean in their house? See? One. One. Other than what I'm saying, I'm thinking about it potentially. I won't get into that. But. As soon as spring clean, we start to think about these things. The summer is nearly among, uh, upon us. We start to prepare ahead for the rest of the year. And so it should be with our faith. So I'm going to look at those four points that I've mentioned again and see what does that mean for our faith. And let's go into the Bible about this, see what the Lord says about these things. So number one, i talked about anchorage. Roots anchor the plant and provide structural support, particularly in extreme weather conditions. So, as we take an inventory of where we're at right now, I want to ask you, where is your faith rooted right now? Or how has it been rooted in the last three months? Where Where is your confidence? Where has it been? Where have you placed your confidence in? Is it in the character and promises of God? Or... Is it in the willpower of our own flesh or other people? Like, I can do this. Arr, don't worry about that. Like, yes, Lord, I know you're good. But you've given me this. shit. Arr, I can do this myself, Lord. I'm not going to give this to you. I can sort it out. Almost being like a backseat back driver in the, in the faith. Like, Lord, I trust you to take the wheel, but I'll tell you where, you're going, where we're going. Okay, let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13. There's a few scriptures going to read to you and I'm going to read from verse 13 and I like it in my Bible it's entitled God's promises bring hope for example there was God's promise to Abraham since there was no one greater to swear by God took an oath in his own name saying I will certainly bless you richly and I will multiply your descendants into countless millions then Abraham waited patiently and he received what God has pro- had promised. When people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question that that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who receive the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given us both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can take new courage, for we can hold on to his promise with confidence. Amen. This confidence is like a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain of heaven into God's inner sanctuary. Amen. I want to go to also the book of Jeremiah. I'm going to go to chapter 17. Well-known verse of scripture. And I'm going to read from verse 5 onwards. Verse 5 to 9. Oh, no, 5 to 10, sorry. I beg your pardon. And this is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness on the salty flats where no one lives. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green, and they go right on producing delicious fruit. Amen. Actually, I think I'll stop there. It's interesting that in that particular passage, that, uh, and the other one as well, but uh, in, the, in the Old Testament In that passage, I was researching and it was looking at trust and hope in the Hebrew are synonymous. In other words, they, they, they go together. And for me, I found that quite interesting because it highlighted to me that whatever we hope for will indicate where our trust lies. Whatever we hope for will indicate where our trust lies. So again, another question I have for you on this section is where has your hope been in the last few months? For me, you know, if I come to the end of my life, after a long, fulfilling, great life, I hope, I don't want to be known as someone who was strong, capable, or dependable. I would much rather be known as someone who was strong, capable, dependable, upright, because the foundation of my confidence is placed in the Lord, the author and finisher of my faith. That's what I want to be known for. Not just known for just being dependent he was a good man. It it's nice, but where's it, where's it pointing to? And as disciples and as followers of the Lord, we want to be pointing to him. We're representatives of his kingdom. I love it how it says in Psalm chapter 20, verse 7, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And we want that to be evident, don't we? Amen. So yeah, Anchorage, some points there for you to consider. Now I want to move on to points two and three, absorption and transportation, absorption and transportation. Roots gather water and nutrients and store the energies from them ready to transport them to the plant or tree when it is required for both their present and future needs. So the question I have for us as we're taking a spiritual inventory of where we're at is, how are you doing with your relationship with the Lord? How are you doing of your relationship with the Lord. I'm not asking, expecting you to answer that right now out loud. This is just for you to personally consider. How well are you and myself, how well are we doing in absorbing God right now? And absorbing him in through the reading of his word and just general everyday living, being in communion with the Lord. I'll go to uh, scripture for you, Psalms 1. You'll know it well, I'm sure most of you will know it. And I'm going to read from verse 1 to 3. And it says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with the sinners or join in with the scoffers, but they delight in doing everything the Lord wants. Day and night they think about his law. They are like trees planted along the riverbank. See the same pattern, don't we? Bearing fruit each season without fail. Their leaves never wither. And in all they do, they prosper. And when we talk about prosper, we're not talking about prosperity and financial giving and getting lost in that, which some of us are uh, not here, I'm saying, but some of us in our wider Christian family um, can often do. But we're talking about that in in being useful and productive for the Lord. We're talking about um, being effective. They prosper in making progress and moving forward. Verse four. But this is not true of the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They'll be uh, condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the law watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. We want to be a people that is totally focused on the things of God and his scripture. Why? Because we want to be useful. I don't know about you, but I want to be useful. I want to be productive for the kingdom of God. I believe that's for most of us. We want to be productive. We want to be useful. We want to be making a difference. And the good news is we can. But just like this, uh, this passage of Scripture reminds us, we, we, there's some things we need to uh, check first. One, we need to ensure that our close company of people that we walk beside, that come alongside us, they are people that we can in. Are they good people of character? Are people of good character, I beg your pardon? Good company. Are they going to encourage you? Are they going to push you forward to where you need to be in the things of God? it is absolutely critical that we are rooted in God and we absorb good things because if we're not absorbing good things then my question is what are we absorbing Hmm. 1st Corinthians 15 verse 53 says bad company corrupts good character And then Craig Rochelle, a pastor that, that I admire, he said one of these things. He says this, this famous quote, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. So again, I beg the question, I ask it again. Who's in your company? Not just general people that we interact with. I'm talking about your inner circle. Who are they? Are they adding value to you? Are they in your life for such a time as this and it's making a positive impact on your life? What are they doing for you? If they're not, then we might need to question the proximity that they have to us. Because you don't want to miss what God has for your life. You don't want to miss. Because God has got a destiny for every one of us, and we don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss it. I love how it talks about in Timothy just quickly that, you know, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Of power, and of love, and a sound mind. So you have the power to change that. If, it's, if things are aligned, you have the power, God says, to change it. But moving on, the Bible gives us the best example of what is produced when we are in communion with the Holy Spirit. So let's go to Galatians. Let's jump there. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Again, very famous passage of scripture. And these are just reminders. I'm not trying to patronize you or anything like that. These are just reminders. Where are you at? And Galatians 5, verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 19 onwards, says this. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, your lives will produce these evil results. Sexual immorality, impure thoughts, eagerness for lustful pre- uh, pleasure, idolatry participation in demonic activities, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, divisions, the feeling that everyone is wrong except those in your own little group, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other kinds of sin. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't worry, I know it's got quiet, but it gets better, it gets better. Stay with me, stay with me. Verse 22, but when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Here there is no conflict with the Lord. Amen. Amen. When we are in communion with the Holy Spirit these things are available his very essence is available to us these characteristics and nutrients rub off on us and we and it permeates every area of our lives the more time we spend with the Lord and meditate on him as we do go through our various business of the day and his word our spiritual DNA is literally transformed that we continue to become like him Ephesians 4, verses 21 to 24, says it like this. Since you've heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. These things are available to us when we're in communion with him. He rubs off on us. We change for the better, which is amazing. And four, supports the soil environment. Roots can help prevent soil erosion, remove excess water from the soil, and stimulate and support microorganisms in the soil in such a way that benefits plant life. The general question I have for us all, myself included, is, yes, I've spoken about friendships and what they are doing for you, but let's look at... uh, almost the other way around let's reverse it what are we doing for our relationships these key people that you interact with whether it be your family at home maybe it's in the workplace in the community how are we impacting them is my question now I'm going to do something a bit different I just need you all to stand up those who are able to stand stand if you're not able to stand just just kind of follow me don't worry there's another part to it you're thinking, what on earth's going on? Is this, is, this, is this the response? Is this the altar call? No, it's not. Don't worry. Stay with me. We all know the Lord's Prayer, don't we? Generally speaking. Let's just recite it, and I'm going to come to a point where I'm going to ask you to stop, and it will make sense later on. So I'll count you in, and we'll just say the Lord's Prayer, whichever version you're on. I'm not judging whichever one. It's all good. So, three, two, one, go. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Stop. You can be seated. Just to make sure you're staying with me and also that you're participating in, in uh, what we're doing. But your kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. How are we bringing kingdom to the community is what I want to ask us. That's what I'm asking myself. How have I done it in the past, in the past quarter? How am I planning to do it in the, pa- in, the next, in the next three months or six months or nine months? What's the Lord saying to you about that? Whether it's through prayer or any other action of our our task through the day, how are we bringing kingdom? In in Matthew, it talks about being salt and light, yeah? That we are the salt salt of the earth. That we're the ones to make a difference in a world full of moral and spiritual decay. Is there anywhere, area of your life where that influence, um, that the Lord is beckoning you to make an impact? an area of your life that the lord has said hey move in that area i've given you influence you've got influence there you can impact there can you bring change to that area the lord is about encouraging you and my talk here is not to condemn you it's to encourage you it's to empower you it's to make you feel like actually i've been here but maybe the lord's calling me there because he wants me to progress he wants us all to progress and move forward just like the, these the roots. They're always looking, on the lookout for nutrients. Why? So it can make an impact to the plant and the the environment around it. We also, I mentioned about how roots remove excess water from the soil. And so in the same way, my final point of this section is, is there anything of your life right now where the Lord is encouraging you to give it to him, to lay it down? Is he saying you don't need this in your life? Is he saying there's an area of your life that was once relevant then isn't relevant now? If so, then I encourage you, give it to him. Go and give it to him. Because when we give it to him, it gives us the opportunity to transform us so that we can experience the fullness and fullness of God and make a difference in whichever season uh, of our lives that we find ourselves. Like we can be like Psalms 1 and bearing fruit in every season. That's where I want to be. I'm not there yet, but that's where I want to be. Amen. And so as I, as I close now, I want you to, to, to think about and just be encouraged. What areas of your life is the Lord encouraging and challenging? Just consider your ways. Consider what we need to change in this. Maybe you've gone through a season of stress. And just like we see in nature, I love how science and God's words align. And we shouldn't be surprised, really, because God is the creator of all things. But we see that even plants and trees, they go through periods of stress. But as we read in Jeremiah, the recovery of the plant and trees is dependent on the quality of the roots. And if our quality, if our relationship of God is of a depth and of a quality and we're, we're taking the nutrients from it and those characteristics, actually we, we, can, we can stand in those seasons of stress in those seasons of drought. In Jeremiah, it says that we're not to be concerned with anxiety not to, uh, or extreme weather conditions of drought. It says we can withstand those things. And that should be an encouragement to you. And even if you feel like you're at a point now that you might be wilting right now, the Lord's saying, hey, come to me right now. Let me refresh you, renew you. Let me strengthen your roots right now so you can be strong and you can keep going. Even though you might feel like they're wilting, there's a harvest of righteousness coming if you just endure, if you just keep on. I find that sometimes it's in that moment when we feel like giving it all up. In Psalms 42, it says deep cries out to deep. You know, When we, when we feel like we're in despair, that actually we can have a prayer and a call to life to Lord that he can renew us. In him that we can put our trust in. I love that. So, in conclusion, we've looked at plants being at an anchorage. Where is your faith rooted? Where is your confidence? Has it been in the Lord, or has it not been in the Lord? If it is in the Lord, can it go deeper? Because that's the invitation. Not saying it can go deeper in me. Your faith is great, but actually, there's so much more about me that you've yet to experience. Come, come, come. Two. How are you doing with the relationship with the Lord? How well are you and I? Absorbing God right now through his word and his general everyday life. Just being in relation, meditating on his word, praying, thanking him. Three, how are we being a blessing to the wider environments where the Lord has given you influence? And is there anything to get rid of? So I invite the worship team to come up. And I'm going to ask you to stand. Those that can stand. Yeah, again, and those that are able to, and if not, those that just have your hearts open to the Lord. I know it's a challenge. What I've said, in some ways, it was a challenge to me. There was parts of things I didn't like writing, if I'm honest, and in my preparation. But everything the Lord does is for our encouragement and our benefit. In 1 Corinthians 14, it talks about that God always wants to uh, build us up, encourage us, and draw near to us, yeah? It's always for our benefit, and so these things that I say to you as we take an inventory of where you're at, it's for your benefit. It's not to condemn you, it's to encourage you, it's to say, hey, if you're off track, hey, it's time to get back on track for this next period, God's saying, I've got something awesome for your life, but I don't want you to miss it. So let's take this inventory now so that you can experience the fullness and everything that I have for you. Maybe you've gone through a stressful period and we will all have them. If the plants have them, we will have them. Jesus said himself, we will go through many troubles, but he's overcome them all. That's our encouragement. And so if you're needing to be renewed from a period of just uncertainty, craziness, then let him renew you right now. So I'm just going to pray. And I'm going to say, Father, Daddy, thank you that you love us. And that you love us so much that you're always beckoning us, you're always encouraging us. When we would have given up on ourselves, when we may have would have given up on, on, on people that we care about, you don't. You keep on wanting to bring us forward. You keep on knocking on the door saying, I'm here. We thank you that you are a loving and caring Father, as well as being a mighty and powerful Father, a sovereign Father. And I pray right now that you would just renew us, not just right now, but also in the week ahead. just renew us as we meditate on your word, as as we want to draw closer to you, renew us again cleanse us of anything that needs to be cleansed we want to absorb your goodness we want to absorb your love we want to absorb your self control because we know there's another season coming we want to be ready the word you gave to us this year was for 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 uh, your perfect timing it was for open doors of opportunity and Lord we don't want to miss it so as we take an inventory right now of where we're at we say Lord Fill us again. Open our eyes to help us see what you see. Empower us for a new season so we can stand again. Where we felt like we've wilted, maybe when we've given up. Lord, we ask you, revive us. Breathe on us like a refreshing wind. Put songs on our hearts again, Lord. You sing over us, Lord, and we ask you to sing over us right now. We We need your refreshing We need your blessing so we can soar again. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your care. We thank you for your desire to us that is good. And, Lord, hear the hearts as as we want to draw closer to you. We pray, Lord, humbly and ask you to draw close to us. Fill our hearts again. That we can make a difference in the areas that you've given influence. that we can can make progress in our daily walks with you, I pray. In your wonderful name, that is above all names. It's your name, Lord, that gives us confidence. It's your name that where we have hope in, we can put our trust in because you've overcome everything. And that's what we're placing our hope in and saying, "Refresh, refresh us again. Sometimes, Lord, we don't know how you do it, but we know that you will do it. And for that, we give you thanks and we give you praise for your love and your care towards us. In your name, amen.